0: Welcome to The Optimal Mindset. I'm your host, Johnny Taylor. I started this show because I am fascinated by human capabilities and performance. Why is it that certain people reach their potential and how does their mindset help them to succeed? I want to understand what are the tools, tactics and strategies high achievers use to optimise their mind and achieve greatness. In these episodes, we'll be speaking to some of my personal idols from sports and performance to discover the definition of an optimal mindset and how we can train our own minds to achieve our biggest dreams. Please follow the show on Instagram, and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so we can share out the inspiring messages within each episode with a wider audience. Remember, train your mind, optimize your life. Alright, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Brian Benson. Thanks for joining us today, Brian. Oh, you're welcome, Johnny. It's a pleasure to be here. Brian is a super inspiring force in the world of personal growth. He is an award-winning author, an actor, a podcaster, and a TEDx motivational speaker. He's completed four Ironman races and many other triathlons and marathons. And I'm sure I'm I'm missing some accomplishments off there. But I cannot wait to hear about your mindset and just how you've kind of uh, achieved such extraordinary things in life. So if we could dive in, um, could you give us a background? Because I know you started your journey working... um, on uh, in a golf center, but could you give us the background from
1: that part of your life to to where you are today? Sure, um, I'll try to make it brief. So I was working for the in the family business. We had a golf center, driving range, like a retail store, and a nine hole par three course. And I I grew up working there. I ended up working there like running it for eleven years until I kind of finally started feeling like I was I wasn't growing there anymore, and I felt like I had something inside of me that needed to come out. I didn't know what it was. But um, I told my dad I wanted to leave and he was okay with that. Um, but it ended up taking me a year to actually leave because we decided to go through the process of selling it. And that took a little while. So it was kind of tough because I really just wanted to hit the road and see what was next, even though I didn't know what was next. But yet it was also kind of a blessing in that as I was working on myself, I was feeling out of balance at the time that last year. And so I just wrote a handful of things down that I knew that would help keep me in balance and it did work. And my intuition then started to kind of scream and expand the list and write a book. And I'd never written anything before, but it just kind of poured through me. And so that was my first book and I self-published it. And this was, I think maybe even before Amazon was doing their, um, print on the band and stuff. So I just found an editor, found a layout person and found a printer in Utah and, and just ordered a bunch of books. And, um, and it just kind of took off from there. You know, I, uh, The book won a couple of awards, which really kind of surprised me. I didn't sell a whole lot because I didn't know how to market a book then, and I was kind of shy and afraid of speaking. So I knew that if I wanted to share this message, I needed to dive into those fears. And so then I moved to Reno, Nevada, to be near my son, who was just entering high school in Northern California, and started reinventing myself and stepping out of my comfort zone with the community called Speech Courses and Toastmasters. And I hired someone to co-host a radio show with me, and I even took an acting class and just you know kind of just went for it and all kinds of things kind of started happening you know as, as my momentum started building and I started feeling alive and I accidentally I kind of accidentally made a short film too I had a dream about a street guitarist I went I woke up I wrote, I wrote that I wrote it down I knew that it was kind of a special something story and so I met a young filmmaker I said, hey, I don't know how to act or make a short film, but I have a good idea. You want to do it with me? So we made it on the streets of Reno a couple of weeks later, and it did really well. And it, that really made me feel alive, too. And so somebody saw that, gave me the lead in there, so I ended up moving to L.A. and just kind of started diving into that also. And so, you know, in a nutshell, it was just kind of following the intuitive breadcrumbs. And more books happened and more kind of um, steps out of my comfort zone happened, which led to unique things and some maybe undiscovered gifts wow i mean i think
0: that's I that, that kind of led to my next question but um when i went through your website you obviously mentioned intuition a lot and it, it sounds to me that like a lot of these ideas that you've come up with i mean firstly well done for just kind of stepping outside your comfort zone and actually going out and doing them right because a lot of people would be afraid to take that first step but what does this idea of intuition like what does it mean to you and and how could someone maybe cultivate intuition if they wanted to to learn more about it
1: Sure. Well, I mean, for me, I guess intuition is maybe just a higher source, whatever that higher source might be to somebody, you know, whether it's God, the universe, source, what have you. I think it's kind of almost just, you know, it's it's like our walking, it's like our marching orders. It's like oh, the ways for us, if we listen to it and honor it, it's kind of maybe our path that was maybe pre-designed, if you want to say, or, or just offerings that will help bring us fulfillment if we step into them, even though they might be scary. And so um, I was interesting enough. I mean, I started realizing that I was kind of following my intuition and manifesting after, you know, studying books and different things like that. But I also had been doing it kind of as a younger child too, just, you know, by stepping into something that really made me feel good and it it excited me and I would just kind of go for it. and, And one thing led to another. So ways that I can uh, cultivate my intuition, you know, is I don't think it's any accident that my first book was on balance because it taught me and made me kind of become more self-aware on what kept me in balance and what threw me out of balance. And so that's been really nice having that in my back pocket going forward. So... You know, just, just quieting ourselves, quieting our minds um, can help cultivate our intuition. You know, exercise, all those long runs and rides I went on were kind of a form of meditation and quieted my mind and ideas came through. You know, movement, nature, um, you know, even getting—you know, eating healthier. Um, all those things can really help open our channels up. And would you
0: say that maybe probably in today's society, like with a lot of social media and a lot of kind of busyness around the world, would you say that it makes it harder for us to access that intuition? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. You know, there's times when I struggle a little bit, or I get sucked into something. You know, like just everything's speeding up, and 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 just the vibrations of everything is kind of moving and so much quicker, and and a lot, a lot of the stuff out there is not helpful. <laughs> You know, it's just, I don't know, I think there's love and there's fear, and there's a lot of fear-based stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that's maybe incorrect or not truthful, and there's a lot of, um, I don't know, just stuff that we can easily kind of waste our time with that doesn't really maybe move us forward, and that's not in saying it's okay to, I, I love to watch movies and watch maybe a good TV series, it's just something that's well-written and well-acted that turns my brain off, and that's, you know, that's helpful for me, and I can relax, so... Maybe some people find some of that relaxing too, but we just got to really be aware of what we're we're taking in mm, that's amazing I
0: mean yeah well I mean just firstly well done for kind of stepping outside your comfort zone and really going for it right I think that's the first step is often the hardest so yeah um your TED talk um which is titled uh, be yourself to free yourself yep. I really like that I really like that what what does that mean to you what is that why why did you title it be
1: yourself to free yourself? Well, I think for me personally, um, it's so funny when I started writing books and and whatever, you know, I thought, these are going to help people so much. And then, you know, you knucklehead, this is for you, first of all. You know, uh, most people's books are for themselves, first and foremost. And so I think there was a part of me that was still kind of searching for for self-worthiness and self-acceptance. And the be yourself to free yourself tagline mantra was just a way to kind of Highlight that and shine a spotlight on some things that I need to work out for myself. And then that I knew intuitively what, that would also hopefully be um, life-affirming for other people. Because it really, man, I really believe, you know, once you, you really get to that place of loving yourself, everything else falls into place. Because we look outside of ourselves in so many different ways for validation. And it can be such a waste of time or it can just cause us so much grief. You know, and um, so for me, I guess that was what was behind the be yourself to free yourself. And then the talk itself was kind of my journey, which we already talked about a little bit up to that point about seven years ago when I did it. And then I wove the story through five points that I kind of learned and utilized along the way. Amazing. And yeah, I agree totally. I think often we look for, like you said,
0: external validators. We look for, you know, something out there that's going to make us feel good. But actually, a lot of the stuff that we need to do is working is within ourselves, right? And and the the pathway to, to freedom. So how would you then, if we wanted to practically kind of give that a,
1: a practice, how would you cultivate self-love and self-worthiness? What would you actually do? It's a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about, you know, <laughs> I think if we can slow ourselves down and we can do things to help keep ourselves grounded and in balance and really quiet our mind and and start to just listen to what's coming through and trying to maybe honor it. And at the same time, I think that also helps us become more self-aware. And the more self-aware that we can become, the more that we can really hone in on those areas that we are you know, looking outside of ourselves or maybe there are blind spots, you know, and sometimes it's helpful to, to go see people and talk to people about it and, um, or, you know, or, or take a course or a class or, you know, surround yourself with positive people, people that maybe kind of aren't going to potentially be codependent in some of your blind spots that keep you there. Ah, oh, perfect. Those are some good examples there. Thank you. Sure. I'm, um, so your book, Habits for
0: Success, uh, inspired ideas to help you soar. I mean, firstly, I think all of our our listeners should definitely check it out. It's yeah. a really good book, and I loved I loved the practicality of the book. And um, kind of what inspired you? I know you've written other books, but what inspired you to to write a book about
1: habits of success or habits for success? I think for me, it was just kind of like where I was at a couple of years ago with all the work that I've done on myself and. A culmination of, of that and a lot of the things that I had um, utilized myself and mm-hmm. and I know that could be helpful for people. And I, I tried to make it, you know, really, some self-help books can be really chunky and just technical and stuff. And I really wanted to make this um, in, informative, but also entertaining and thought-provoking. And so uh, I tried to include a lot of stories, um, personal stories that might... Um, bit of particular chapter um i threw in some spoken word pieces you know just to kind of maybe tie in the energy and, and and what have you and yeah no I'm, I'm really really happy with how it turned out it was my first publishing deal so that was really exciting too
0: mm, and what did you learn most about the obviously having the first publishing deal what, what would you say was the biggest
1: takeaways of, from that experience you know it was i had a really good experience with mango publishing um it's a lot of work to self-publish a book and I've done it four times. And, and so it was kind of the best of both worlds with them. I mean, they, you know, I still had to write it and grind it out and put it all together, but they had some good ideas. Then they, you know, the editing, it was really nice having them kind of do that. And a few of the other particulars that, that can be a lot of work for authors. So, you know, it was really, I'm really, really happy. Yeah. With the relationship with them.
0: Oh, good for you and we can link the uh we can make links to the show notes for the for the book for those that want to check it out after we've had this conversation which will be will be awesome so yeah. in both your book and your TED talk and you mentioned it just now yeah. um you mentioned about stepping outside your comfort zone could you maybe give us uh, an example of this from your own life and kind of share what that would look like
1: sure well you know obviously um when i started doing all the speech courses and stuff like that that was pretty scary, you know, cause I, just, I, I had to work through that. Um, here's kind of, this is a funny story too, but it was also very helpful for me. So after my first book came out in 2009, I put one of the other things I did to step out of my comfort zone to be in front of people was to create an interactive workshop. And I called it the Inter- introduction to balance and I made it interactive because I didn't want to, I It would be a little nervous to like talk the whole time, but I found out it was actually perfect to make it interactive because the people got more out of it. I got more out of it. It was different every time. And so it was, that was a nice, um, realization, but I put this course together and I had five friends there in Reno and I, and I made them sit through it with me and they, they said it was really good and they enjoyed it. And I felt pretty good about it too. So then I thought, all right, (laughs) If, let's let's put it into action so i got on the phone and in two weeks i put together a 15 stop six state book signing and workshop tour and i was on the road three weeks after i gave it to my friends and so the the trip itself was kind of comical in that three or four of the places nobody showed up and so that was very humbling and you know, some of the other places, there were some people there and it was really cool. And it just gave me this opportunity to kind of start to hone my skills in front of others. Um, yeah, Some of it was very terrifying. I mean, my very first stop was in this little tiny farming community called Farmington, Utah. I had to drive all the way across uh, the Nevada desert. And that was kind of the first stop. So when I was setting it up, I called their Chamber of Commerce. And said, hey, do you have any bookstores there? And she said, well, what are you wanting to do? We're a pretty small town. What are you wanting to do? I said, well, I'm, I have a workshop and a book. And said, well, how would you like to speak at our monthly chamber lunch? And I said, okay. And so that was my very first stop after my go-through with my friends. And we're in this back room of a Mexican restaurant. There's like maybe 10 or 11 people there. And most of them were farmers, really nice people. But they're trying to eat their lunch while I'm trying to do an interactive <laughs> workshop. But they, they were nice. And it was... <laughs> it was nice to have that over with and out of the way that first one so that Uh, that whole trip was a step out of my comfort zone oh that's so funny i mean i love how i feel like i mean obviously just from
0: our brief chat Uh, but you seem very positive but i do wonder like in those in those tough moments like when nobody showed up like what would you what was your mindset at that point like how did
1: you kind of cope or deal with that tough uh, time that's a great question I think that in some ways I still felt like it was a bit of a victory because I showed up, uh, um, but it's humbling, you know, you're sitting in a bookstore and there's nobody walking around, you know, talk, you're sitting at this little desk with your book sitting there. I mean, anybody who's an author hasn't been through that and they know what I'm talking about, um, but you just try to make the best of it and just make conversation with somebody and say, hey, no pressure. You don't need to buy a book, but would you talk to me, you know, or, or one of the places it was just me and the owner, and there was a football game on, and so we just watched the football game together. I mean, it was.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I mean, yeah, I love that. I love I love the idea of you making the best of it, you know,
1: which is, you have which to. is not always easy, right? You have to, right? Yeah. That's that's a funny story. It's almost like you're making it, you're faking it until you make it, right? And Yeah. Um, but there was a couple other, you know, I also went to some, like, um, Unity Churches and the for Spiritual Living, and. They were very open and welcoming and there were smaller ones, but, you know, maybe there'd be 10 people there, 20 people. And, you know, they were very attentive and, and were kind to me and maybe gave me a little stipend. So that was nice. But uh, overall, it was a really interesting trip.
0: Ah, good for you. And yeah, I, I feel like those moments you can look back on and, and kind of when you reflect on them later in life, you almost see that as that moment of growth, right? That moment of like, OK, I did this you know almost seeing where you started and where you've where you are right now which is which is amazing yeah that... um so in your book and i know you talk about this as well you talk a lot about daily inspiration um kind of why do you think this is important and how may, how might someone maybe who is struggling look to find ways to be more inspired like what could they practically do
1: well i know for me i'm pretty routine oriented and the mornings really important to me i'm kind of a morning person so i'll try to go Go for a walk. Um, it's really hot here, so I definitely go for a walk in the morning before it gets too warm, or I'll go to the gym. Um, sometimes I'll meditate a little bit, or I'll just watch something on YouTube that's kind of, you know, got a little higher vibe to it, and um just get me get 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 my body and my mind, you know, ready to go. And 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 that's helpful, you know. And then I really man, eating something pretty healthy in the morning is really big for me too, because you know, you eat something heavy and then you're just kind of weighed down and that just, it just goes into everything else. And so I try to be as energetic and, and kind of stretch and just get my day going in a positive way. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, oh, do you have like... A... I say just, to, just to let things build, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of get a good head start. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you have like a, an actual routine that you would follow in the morning or is it kind of just ad hoc based on how you feel that day?
1: Sometimes it depends on what I have going on in the morning. Sometimes I might have an early meeting or something. But for the most part, I really, I either go to the gym or I'll go for a walk and then I'll stretch and, um, you know, just uh, ease into my day a little bit. You know, the first hour or something, it's just kind of for me and, and listening to something that's, that that inspires me. Um,
0: Yeah. So I know you've completed four Iron Man races, uh, multiple triathlon and marathons. Could you maybe talk us through kind of what got you involved in those and then maybe tell us um how you how you kind of optimize your performance. Or did you have any like mental tools that you use when you were training and competing in those races?
1: Yeah. So I originally got into triathlons kind of by accident. I had a knee injury in college a long time ago and my kneecap got knocked out of place, and so I had surgery and I was really active and played a lot of sports in high school so it was kind of scary it was my freshman year in college and um, I went through a lot of rehab and I heard a couple of buddies of mine talking about how they had done a short course triathlon the summer before and that was on triathlon was pretty new still like in the mid-80s and I you know okay I just like something clicked inside me say, all right I'm going to set a goal of doing that and I'm going to get my knee right and I'm gonna, it inspired me to kind of get healthy and get, get my knees strong again. And so I worked my butt off for that. And I, I, one of the courses that I took in college was like a, was perfect. It was like a physical therapy rehab course. And the guy who taught it was really nice and really inspiring. And so I just went in there and just kind of took it to another level. And then I ended up doing that race, the short race, the next summer, it got hooked and just made me feel alive. And I ended up doing four more that summer. And then like 10, the summer after that in my third year. I did my first Ironman and for me, you know, it just, I don't know, it was almost like predestined, uh, while I was training to, even before I did that very first one, the very first poem I ever wrote and it's mediocre, but it's called the triathlete. It's about a guy finishing an Ironman. It's almost like I manifested it into existence, you know, even though before I really knew what I was doing and, um. So then it just kind of became a lifestyle, and I did another one, uh, Man in 1990, um, two years in a row, and then I kind of got busy with a few other things and moved and still stayed in shape, but I didn't do a whole lot of tries. I did a few marathons. I ended up riding my bicycle across the United States in 96 as a fundraiser, and that was a magical experience, but then I got into... I did two, two two more Ironman in the in the mid 2000s. My um, I, I had a son then, and he was 11, and I just thought, what a cool experience for him to be there and maybe witness everybody doing it, you know. And actually, he didn't know I was going to do it, but I I grabbed him a hundred yards from the finish line, and we crossed, and we had a really nice picture. And so that was a special day.
0: Ah, oh, that sounds like such a yeah, such a special occasion, and yeah, well done for. Again, like like we kinda of touched on almost following being guided by like a higher power like an intuition that guides you towards towards yeah. these challenges. Um yeah. you talked about manifestation. Now how do you do you do things like visualization to kind of to kind of set your mind and, and could you maybe share how that would look
1: like for you when you're visualizing your goals? Sure. Well yeah, the thing I just talked about having my son finish the race with me. Well, um, as I was training for that race, you know, for like six months up and what I would just visualize just him finishing with me. And that really was powerful. And I just did that over and over and over again. Um, and I had to do a lot of training inside, um, because of the weather and such. And so I was a lot of bike riding on the inside, which can be really boring and stuff, but yet I I made it work. I would just go into that other headspace and just kinda almost be somewhere else and just visualize that happening. And um, so that, that that's that's one little example. Uh-huh. Um, when my first book came out, Brian's list. I remember getting the copy and looking at it, and all of a sudden, I just there was kind of an empty spot up in the right corner. I was like, God, a sticker would look really cool there." And I didn't really know what I was meant by that or whatever, but then I, I sent it into a few different contests, and you know, it it won, and so then I was able to put stickers there. <laughs> and I'm like, so I mean, it's kind of goofy but you just i don't know there's all kinds of different ways we can do it and i think the key is where a lot of people get hung up they maybe try too hard or they um like i have to have it or you know what i mean for me those those moments were just kind of more organic and and heartfelt and um or almost whimsical and uh i think maybe that energy is a little bit more powerful sometimes we we hold too tightly things don't happen the way we want them to. And for example, as I started writing more books and doing more things, I started to try to control things a little bit too much. And I started holding all a little too quickly. And I tried to make things maybe happen a little bit before they were supposed to. And I started kind of killing my joy of the process. And also really, after I released something, I wasn't as excited and it didn't I don't know, it was a bit of a bummer because it maybe didn't do what I was hoping it would do on a huge scale, But it was still awesome and did all what it needed to do at the time. So, you know, I've it's been a roller coaster. I've learned a lot. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. Yeah, I it's almost like
0: you kind of when you come from this place of like joy and like abundance and like love and when you like kind of manifest from the playfulness, creativity, it's almost like that's when you know, you flow through life and sometimes like, obviously, you know, you still got to put in the hard work and you still got to put in the graft. but sometimes when you hustle from like desperation and like pain and anger, like the, sh- the shift in what, in the outcome is completely different. Right. And it sounds like you are almost like have that flowing, creative, abundant lifestyle, which is amazing.
1: Thank you. You know, and I'm, you know, I think I'm always kind of trying to maybe get back to that place of ignorance isn't the right word, but just, Without trying to control it so much and without being so hyper aware, you know, and looking back to, I um, mean, we kind of talked about this earlier, um, off camera, you know, as, as I've continued to work on my own self-worthiness process, um, I realized that a lot of what I was doing, I mean, I'm proud of everything I've done and I love it. And I'm very happy with it, but yet I was also kind of using it a little bit as a validation tool for myself to to try to pick me up and make myself feel worthy outside of myself and so um those were interesting lessons too and it wasn't until about three years ago i got diagnosed with prostate cancer and i kind of it was a blessing in that it gave me permission to get off the hamster wheel for a little while and i was able to look at things from a little um further scale and and see Maybe some of the reasoning why I was doing what I was doing, maybe all the overachieving, to to um, you know, find that worthiness that it really needed to come from within me. And so the last couple of years have been a journey of really stepping into that and becoming even more self-aware. And um, it's been really good. thank uh, thanks just for being really vulnerable. That's that's really powerful. And and again,
0: I think yeah, you've almost flipped that into a journey of learning, right? And and you seem to kind of have. I've taken it on board so yeah just we, i mean i really appreciate you sharing that that's that's really yeah. tough to be that vulnerable and honest so sure so thank you um so i always kind of like to consider and this is something that's come up come across all the people that we chat with they kind of seem to have some sort of deeper sense of why or like a deeper sense of meaning for some of the stuff that they've done or some of the accomplishments would you say that you have like a a why for for some of the things that you've done and if you do what would that why be
1: mm. When I was three, I told my mom I was put here to inspire people and she reminded me after my first book came out. It's kind of funny, but I think ultimately it's just to kind of try to, um, I feel like I was put here to be almost like a bridge to help people who are just kind of waking up a little bit and kind of tapping back into maybe their true selves and where they came from and what they're capable of and, and all that kind of, you know, a little more spiritual nature, but yet I'm also really grounded and I'm not walking around, you know, speaking in a language that they're not going to understand. I'm just an everyday person, but yet I live that way and kind of understand, um, some of the deeper meanings. So I just, I really just try to be a living example for other people that, you know, if I can do it, you can do it, you know, here we're all working together and learning and trying to become more self-aware about ourselves. And Ultimately, it's about, you know, connecting with others and self-acceptance and, and just allowing ourselves to be who we really are and, and not mask it due to, you know, all the things we're trying to do outside of ourselves or because of some of the things that we're maybe ashamed of that happened in the past.
0: Mm, that's a really powerful message. Yeah. And and yeah, again, just yeah, really powerful and really, really inspiring. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, so... Obviously, this show is called The Optimal Mindset. Yeah. Um. So if you could maybe give us a definition of what would your definition be of the words optimal mindset?
1: There's so many different, probably so many different definitions for, from people, and I'd I'm, I'm be curious to what some of your other guests said, but for me, I suppose it's just getting in alignment with with my true self and really being honest and self-aware and, and, um, you know, just doing those things that are high vibrate, higher vibrational and really keep me on a path of, of where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. And, and just, you know, connected to my intuition. Um, Yeah. An interested follow-up question
0: on that um yeah sure. do you find that when you're okay so i know we talked a lot about being connected to your intuition do you find that when you're not connected to your intuition stuff feels out of balance or like how how would that look like when you're maybe not in the right flow or if
1: you're not working from this place of abundance how, how, how does that feel well there's i'm not always connected obviously to my intuition but that yeah. doesn't always mean that i'm not maybe in alignment with where i'm supposed to be that day as far as just like being okay with who I am and just kind of doing some things that I need to do. And just like things flow in a little different way. Maybe when I'm like blowing intuitively, I'll get ideas and I'll really kind of be on fire and be able to create a lot of stuff and, and, and feel like things are moving forward maybe a little quicker than they do when I'm not that way fit yet. Yeah, then there's times where I'm, I'm feeling out of alignment. Like maybe I didn't work out for a couple of days or I, been eating some crappy food that makes me feel kind of out of sync and, and, um, where I had a really tough situation happen or, you know what I mean? some tough news that, you know, it takes a little while to kind of sit with and digest and maybe kind of work through. So there's almost, there's a whole bunch of different kind of places that we can be. Um, does that make sense? But yeah. ultimately I just about try, i try to do what I can just stay in balance even through those tough times because it just makes it a little bit easier and it helps me move through them a little bit quicker yeah almost like you're kind of
0: you know like we're never ever just going to be like flowing straight in one direction right we're going to be going up and down and and but as long as the kind of overall trajectory is towards you know eventually where you want to go oh yeah that makes sense i think that that does make sense in my head um so obviously, and you are feel free to suggest your own because I think people would definitely benefit from reading them. But do you have any books or any suggestions uh, of things that people could read or learn about to try and maybe change their perception of life? Like, what would be your maybe your top two or three
1: books that you would suggest for our listeners? Wow. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm going to say the title correctly. It's by a guy named Derek Sivers. S i v e r s. He's the guy that created the company called CD Baby, and I think he sold it instead. But I really found it inspiring. It talks a little bit about business, but also just kind of like talks about his process. And, and so that I think it's called Anything You Want. Derek Cybers. I really enjoyed that. Um, I, you know, The Seed of the Soul. Have you ever heard of that by Gary Zukov? It probably came out 30 years ago, and I read it a long time ago, and it was a little heady for me then. But then I read it again maybe 10 years later, and it just made a lot of sense to me, just as far as kind of, a, I think, the scope of everything and what, what's really going on, maybe. And, yeah, you know, Um gosh, there's been lots of books. I love to read biographies. You know, I find those pretty inspiring, too. And I really don't do a, read a lot of self-help anymore, just because I've done it for so long. And not that I've, like, mastered everything, not by any means. It's just, you know, I was the kind of guy... That when I read something, I would grind and I would try to get every little fact into my system. And it made the process completely unenjoyable. And that was just because where I was at with myself and trying to feel like I need to, I need to get this dialed so I can be whole. Instead of just reading it and maybe just taking the two or three things, three things I needed to hear and and make it an enjoyable process. And so, um, I don't know, I'm sure there's other people out there that do that too. Yeah, that definitely will be. I'm sure, but um, yeah, it's we're not meant to take everything in, you know. Sometimes, you know, you'll you'll pick a book off, you'll crack it, ah, boom, that's what I needed right there, or you'll hear something on a video, or you'll see a quote. It's like that's all I need right now. That's a good way of
0: looking at it. Um, just go back to your autobiographies. Have you, yeah, what, what would you say would be any autobiographies that you would recommend, or any favorites that stand out or jump
1: to mind? I love history and sports, and so I read one on Jack Dempsey, the boxer from the nineteen twenties that I really enjoyed. I actually also I was kind of a precocious kid when i was younger. I loved sports, and I found a magazine that had a whole bunch of addresses sports stars from the twenties and thirties and forties, and I wrote to all of them when I was really young and they wrote back, and Jack Dempsey was one of them so that kind of maybe yeah, oh that's super
0: inspiring yeah i I haven't read that book, so I'll have to check it out that was uh, thanks for the recommendation, sure so um our kind of last question we'd like to dive into is i know we've kind of talked about all sorts of them, and we've discussed many kind of themes and many topics but do you have any like if you could give me three actionable points that someone who maybe wants to develop a more optimal mindset like what would be the three things that someone could
1: actionably do like tomorrow i think creativity is awesome and and i think it's real easy. A lot of people say, well, I'm not creative. Well, I didn't think I was either. You know what I mean? But it's, it can really be a magic elixir um, that just opens up so many doors and, and and gets us to step out of our comfort zone and uh, enables us to connect with our intuition and really show up in the world in a whole different way. So I would say get creative. And it can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. You know what I mean? Um but I think that's really good, and that I just—it's been life-changing for me, and and really um, helped in my own growth process. Um, and boldly saying yes, you know, stepping mm-hmm. near your numbers and boldly saying yes, those are kind of one and the same. But um, I did that a lot during the early days of when the book started coming out, and that's how my TEDx happened. I just met a guy briefly, and he reached out to me about a year later and said, "Hey, I'm curating this event. Would you like to do it?" okay. I didn't know what I was going to talk about, but I had two months. And so I just came up with my talk and practiced the crap out of it. And then went up there shaking knees and all <laughs> and, you know, it just, you never know where things are going to lead. And um, something else that I think really served me well was just kind of always be ready. You know, I, am I was, was pretty proactive in all the things that I was dabbling in, the acting and the books and, and trying to create spoken word pieces and videos and stuff. And kinda I guess I'm very proud of the fact that I was ready for opportunities when they came. You know what I mean? Just just kind of do your things, do your work, carry the carry the wood. What is it? Chop the chop the wood, carry the water. Yeah. Just be ready. And so that's when stuff happens. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Your second point kind of reminds me a little
0: about a little bit about kind of this podcast journey that I've been on that you don't really know who's listening, right? And if one person listens to the show and is like, oh man, I'm going to go learn more about breathing or I'm going to go and learn about meditation or I'm going to be inspired by Brian, like you never know who's out there and you never know who you're changing. And I think that's something that it's scary, right? To, to, to put yourself out there, but you never know who's listening. And that's something that I often kind of refer back to. Absolutely.
1: And then Triggered something real briefly that i was i got really nervous initially because i think it was like i was always having to kind of prove that i was enough to be on something or do something or whatever but then somebody said it you know just it's not about you it's about sharing you and so that kind of took the pressure off a lot and so i just try to remind myself about that Mm, so again it's not it's not about not about me like if i'm a guest something you're doing it's not about me it's about sharing me Ah, oh, that's really powerful. Yeah,
0: that's, re- that's really profound. All right. So, um, if people wanted to find out more about you, uh, where could they connect with you? Where could they read about you? Where could they
1: learn about your work? My website has a lot of good stuff on their videos, talks about the books, et cetera. Um, it's gbrianbenson.com. I feel about my middle name and gbrianbenson.com. Um, the Habits for Success. Well, the, all the books are on the website, but the Habits for Success book direct link is habitsforsuccessbook.com. dot com. And then I just um, I'm having a phone with a Patreon page that i was starting, and I'm I'm posting on that a couple times a week in all kinds of different ways. It's Patreon p a t r e o n dot com forward slash G Brian Benson. Okay, excellent. And yeah, we'll link all these into the show notes as well.
0: So people want to follow up, they can. Thanks. But the main thing I just want to say is just thank you for giving up your time. Yeah, Thank you for being vulnerable enough to share. And just thank you for being such an inspiring guest. So we really do appreciate having you on the show. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. It's my pleasure. Yeah. All right. This has been Optimal Mindset. Thank you so much for watching the show and checking in. And we hope to see you again real soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the Optimal Mindset podcast today. We are available on SoundCloud and on Spotify. I've included all my information in the show notes for those who wish to find out more about our, our guests and upcoming episodes. Remember, train your mind, optimize your life.